Avast, G mateys. It's me, Kevin Smith. Jason Mewes. Have you ever wanted to get lost on the high seas with Jay and Silent Bob? Well, now you're going to have your chance. Go to jayandsilentbobcruiseaskew.com right now and sign up for Jay and Silent Bob's Cruise Askew. We're going to hit the high seas. Where are we going, Gilligan? We're going to be going to Miami, to Nassau, Bahamas, and the Norwegian Pearl. Doesn't yeah. that sound great? It's going to be me and him. It's going to be all of our friends. We're doing live podcasts. There's going to be a movies on board. There's going to be a View Askew Museum. Great times to be had by all, ladies and gentlemen. Tickets available right now. Go buy them, man. And if you sign up before June 23rd, it's only $100 down per cabin. Mm. What are you waiting for, man? Get lost at sea with Jay and Silent Bob. Let's do it. Hit me! Episode 358. System activate. This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins. It's a tech podcast. Tech podcast. But we are a sh- ton cooler than your typical geek. You guys rock. And now, here's Will. No one listens to the radio. I wasn't even listening. I was listening to podcasts. Podcasts are great. Radio boring. I love that sound drop, but I'm not even sure. Is radio even a thing anymore? I sure don't know, but it's not a question I'm looking to answer today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NetHeads. My name is Will. Sans Trent today, but do not worry. You do not just have to look at this ugly mug or hear only this voice because we have a very special presentation today, a very special episode of NetHeads. Why? Because we get to interview the people behind the scenes from the Mac's original series, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai. That's right. It's a new Gremlins property. But wait, what is it? Is it a continuation of the movies? No, it's even better than that. Why is it even better than that? One, it's a cartoon. Cartoon, you can do whatever you want in a cartoon. You can get away with anything you want in a cartoon. You can create whatever you want in a cartoon. So that is a great aspect. Uh, if you remember the original Gremlins movie the way I remember the original Gremlins movie, you also remember that it is a movie that is both steeped in cuteness and wholesomeness, and it's got a dark side. It's got a dark edge. It's a little bit creepy. Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai taps right into that energy. And best of all, it is a prequel, and it is a prequel that I am happy to report delivers. How does it deliver? It has got, it's the past, okay? So we're in 1920 Shanghai. Not only that, but do you know who meets Gizmo in this? Mr. Wing. But it's not Mr. Wing, the old guy from the original Gremlins movie who's got Gizmo. No, it's a young Sam Wing who meets Gizmo in this story. Not only that, if you remember the original Gremlins, you're like, oh, hey, wait a second. The three rules. I know the three rules. Keep them out of sunlight. Don't get them wet. Never feed them after midnight. Guess what? There's a fourth rule. Oh my gosh. You got to see the show though. If you want to see, if you want to know what it is. Uh, and I will say that uh, this show premiered back when HBO Max became Max. They dropped the first two episodes. They've been dropping two episodes every week since then. And right now I am coming in, I'm bringing this to you where you can go ahead and binge almost all of the show. And either this week or the next week is going to be the season finale, not the series finale, because I think I read somewhere. They're actually getting a season two. So you're not going to, your cheese isn't going to be left out in the wind if you like this one, if you know what I'm saying. Not only that, guys, all of this stuff is great. All of this is wonderful. And if you're a big Gremlins fan, this is, this is all good news. But what's even better are the people that we get to talk to today. We get to talk to Zay Chun. 
Zichun, I always get that one wrong, uh, who is the executive producer, writer, and showrunner of Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai, uh, who I wish I had spent more time talking to. Uh, but he was my first interview, and I honestly, I panicked. So uh, my bad on that one. Not only do we get to talk to him, we get to talk to AJ Lacasio. Lacasio? Uh, God, I, I get his. What is with the names on this show? It's there's nothing. It's just names. Well, you just can't speak. Uh, AJ Lacasio, who uh, provides the voice of of Gizmo in this one. I don't know. I keep getting hung up on the words Gremlins and Gizmo. Not good to do when you're talking about a program uh, named Gizmo or named Gremlins: Secrets of the Mongwai. Uh, but so we got to talk to those people. Then we get to talk to B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong, TV, movie legend, B.D. Wong. Oh, my gosh. And if you don't know who B.D. Wong is, where you been? Now, these are all great names, right? This is all good stuff. The icing on this Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai cake for me, the whole reason why I got into this, the whole reason I'm glad I like Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai is because I got to talk. To Disney legend, voice of Moana, star of ER, star of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., star of the book of Boba Fett and special guest in The Mandalorian, Ming-Na Wen. I mean, this is an opportunity I could not pass up, but it is okay that I did it because I'm telling you right now, Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai is an enjoyable watch. It is a great watch if you're just an adult who liked the Gremlins movies. It's a great watch if you got kids, okay? And it does. It's it's a it's a little bit fun, it's a little bit dark. The stakes seem high, the stakes seem dangerous, but in the end um, it all works out. So, uh you want to go ahead and be sure to check it out. Get yourself Max if you don't already have Max. Uh binge this over the weekend because either this week or next week season finale. So, without further ado, Let's go to a month back when I got to talk to these fine folks, and we'll kick it off with Zi Chun. Uh, so I just want to ask, uh, what is it that drew you to uh, sort of relaunching a project into the Gremlins universe? You know, there had been conversations between um, Amblin and Warner Brothers and Spielberg and Sam Register about uh, a Gremlins animated prequel and conversations about it be, taking place in 1920s China uh, with a young Mr. Wing. And I came in to meet on it and I was immediately just so excited about it because Gremlins was a formative uh, movie for me growing up, you know, laughed, cried, terrified. But I also grew up watching a lot of Amblin movies. And so my take on it when I came in was um, doing it as a big epic action adventure story that had a little treasure hunting, but also still maintained the tone of the original Gremlins movies, which is funny and scary and especially very, very weird. The movies uh, were also a part of my very formative years as well. So uh, what is it that you were able to bring to this prequel that uh, people that are watching this with their kids or their grandkids that may have been fans of the original films uh, that, that they may want to keep an eye out for? So we certainly have a lot of fun Easter eggs for uh, fans of the original movies. I mean, everybody in the writer's room, our crew, our cast, we're all fans of the movies. Uh, and it was really fun to you know, make a show that we 
we knew as fans of the original movies that would appeal to us and to also appeal to, you know, kids and teenagers and something that the entire family can watch together. Um, for me personally, I love that I get to introduce American audiences to Chinese mythology and spirits and creatures and monsters, which are also kind of like the Mogwai. Like they have rules, they're scary, but they're also really funny and they all have their own like big personalities. And so um, if you're new to kind of Chinese spirits and creatures, I hope this is fun and scary for you as well. And, and how does it feel having this come out during API Heritage Month? I mean... It's our month. Let's get it. <laughs> you know, one of the things, too, now that uh, the animation space itself has really expanded and had leaps and bounds, uh, how was it you came to the balance or the decision, if you will, on the animation visual style of the series? You know, it's really interesting animation because I, I had never worked in animation before, um, but I worked in comics. And what I really loved about comics was you know, obviously there's um, time and budget, but you still can kind of be boundless to a certain degree with your imagination. And the fact that we were able to travel all through China in the first season of the show, have a different location, hundreds of spirits and creatures and monsters um, was really wonderful. And, you know, speaking of early Amblin movies, um, movies like Raiders and Goonies, they're so visual, you know, the, the opening 10, 15 minutes of Goonies, the camera really tells that story along with the music and same with Gremlins. And we wanted to make sure that this show was as cinematic as those movies that we grew up watching were going to be. Um, we had a lot of great partners, Daniel Kral, uh, Dan Kral, who did, who was our supervising producer and did a lot of the early, you know, kind of tone pieces and sketches and had the idea that he wanted the show to look like a, a making of concept art book. And we all wanted it to be very painterly. And that's why we, you know, we're doing something that's kind of like, you know, this is very inside baseball. I'm so sorry. Like Quite two right. and a half D where the characters are CG, um, but they still have a lot of like organic look to them. Spirited Away was a huge influence on this and wanted to, to capture that really handmade quality, even while we were making, you know, a, a big epic adventure um, uh, for, for Max. Also, you know, you're no stranger to working within uh, mythology, especially, you know, some of your work on Once Upon a Time, for example. How did that past work help inform you in the creative decisions you made with this show? So, you know, Once Upon a Time in Gotham, um, both of those shows I was working within a framework of, you know, existing mythology. And, you know, one of the things that Brendan and I like to say is that, um, we're kind of like fan people first and like writers second. And so whenever we're working on something, you know, we, we look at it as like, what, what would we as a fan really like to see? You know, what is the, um, what, what, what areas do we want to go to? What type of like things do we want to tease out? And that was one of the things that was so exciting about expanding the Mogwai mythology in, um, in this series, you know, the original movies, you meet Mr. Wing, you know, you know, the rules, but that's pretty much all you get. And it was really fun to be able to delve into like a fourth rule, adding that, and then also explaining like, where did the Mogwai come from? Why do they exist? And all against this backdrop um, was really, really fun. One of the elements of this story um, 
that I found really interesting is that we we meet Mr. Wing as a child, which, of course, leads us to the question, and I'm assuming answered in the series, just how long do Mogwai live? We definitely get into a lot of the rules. I mean, the, one of the first things we did, actually, in the writer's room was we wrote down all the questions that we had uh, from after watching the original movies. And we tried to answer the ones that we felt would be fun for the audience to know about. And so we certainly um, answered the question of how long did Mogwai live? Um, and we get to a little of the litigation about, you know, what, what did the rules really mean when you get down to the nuts and bolts of them? <laughs> That's funny, too, considering the deep... Uh... A kind of discussion that happened in the second movie regarding that whole midnight rule situation. <laughs> what happens if you're in a different time zone, et cetera, et cetera. And we definitely do our best to explain it, hopefully. <laughs> what were some of the important elements you really wanted to bring to this series? Some of the some of the carryovers, not necessarily from the Gremlins movies, but the important things you wanted to establish in this sort of new mythology of an existing thing. You know, we wanted to go wide with the scope, make it epic. And also I wanted to introduce a lot of the stories that I grew up hearing about, um, whether that's, um, you know, locations or history or spirits and creatures, things that actually like scared me when I was younger and stories that my parents told me. Um, but beyond that, you know, we, we just felt that this was a kind of untapped, uh, mythology that we could really expand upon um, and uh, and do it in a series. Well, I really appreciate the time and effort that you put into it, especially considering Gremlins was one of the original uh, kind of new mythology movies that I just thoroughly got entranced by. And of course, naturally, really look forward to the second movie once it came out as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to the same series as well, especially given that you're able to provide us more answers to those mysterious elements that we just didn't get answered from the first movie. So really, thank you for your time and effort on this project. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited for everyone to see what the writers and the cast and crew put together. I mean, I could not be prouder of this team. Well, and, and express my appreciation to them as well. And personally as well, I'm really looking forward to being able to share this series with my daughter. And hopefully that leads into the question of seeing the Gremlins movies themselves. Because at eight years <laughs> old, I haven't quite ventured into those with her yet. There's definitely one scene, if she has a certain perception about Santa Claus, that you may want to skip. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that because I have to <laughs> I do have to do that from time to time. Uh, any last messages you wanted to say to people regarding the series? No, we're just really, really excited for people to see it. You know, we've been working on it for a really long time. And if you're a, a fan of the original Gremlins movies, you know, please, please share far and wide. Awesome. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. This background is awesome, by the way. Thank you, AJ. Such a pleasure to speak with you. Who would have thunk it? Huh? Um, <laughs> You've looked at my IMDb. All right. Uh, such an honor to talk to you today, especially uh, considering you are taking over some, you're filling some big shoes uh, in your role yes. in uh, Gremlin's Secrets of the Mogwai. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody the character you're playing? Uh, Gizmo. <laughs> how, does it, yeah. how does it feel to be taking over uh, uh, such a... I just want to say identifiable voice and role uh, from Howie Mandel. I don't know if I'm necessarily taking over. I'm filling in 
you know, for now, I guess. Um, but it's it's surreal. Uh, very, very, very surreal. Um, I didn't when I originally got the audition and did the animation test, I didn't imagine there'd be an actual series or anything that would include me. You know, I just assumed they get Howie Mandel or someone who's much more famous um, to be doing this. So it's very uh, it's very weird. And I'm very honored. Now, you're no uh, stranger to uh, providing uh, the voice of talent, uh, filling in, if you will. Uh, But uh, what is it that you do? How do you uh, what's your approach when you know you're going to be filling in for another identifiable voice? Um, I mean, mostly just listening. I tend to grab as many clips as I can from the Internet and just listen to them over and over and over again, especially in my car. So I have some very... It's a horrible idea for me to put my music on uh, shuffle if I'm by myself or I'm with, you know, because you never know if suddenly a gizmo reference will pop up or Harrison Ford or Michael J. Fox or Chris Pratt or Tom Holland or whoever it is will just, they'll be, I have some Tom Hollands that are really awful where it's just him going, "Ah!" you know, yelling. And I'm like, I got to take those off my phone, (laughs) you know? Um, So it's, it's, uh, that's mostly my process, just listening and repeating and listening, repeating, and then having my girlfriend say "Eh, more nasally or down here or whatever. So um, good to know. Good to know your playlist is a trip through crazy town. Um, Yeah, psychotic. Given that Gizmo is kind of a a voice that is is of a higher pitch, and I would imagine vocally it's slightly more challenging than trying to, say, do a lower Han solo or a kind of a mid-range Marty McFly. What uh, what were some of the challenges in performing this role, uh, given the particular range the character's in? Um, I mean, it's a voice that I've done for years just for fun to just be like, it's just something that exists. So I it wasn't much thought when I got the auditions because it was like, oh, yeah, I do this voice all the time. So I I mean, I listened to Howie and, and the movies as much as I could, but it was like, all right, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So it it felt very natural. Uh, the biggest challenge, though, I think was singing, you know, the. It sounds to me like when you listen to the original Gremlins, there's some pitch modulation going on with the song. And uh, we didn't use that as far as I can tell in this show. So trying to match that as much as I can um, on my end, they're like, oh, it was it's hard. You know, it's like trying to hit those notes is is a, is a challenge. So that was the biggest thing. And then doing that over and over again um, for different episodes and different reasons was one of the harder things because it's it's you know, it's high up there. Considering the the movie was from my very formidable years, I am shocked that I did not remember the Mogwai song, his little comfortable cooing song that he does when he's yeah, happy. Yeah, his little lullaby. I call it a lullaby. I don't know whether it would be considered that, but fitting, I think. Fitting, I think. Yeah. Um, what do you think in in coming into this role? What was the part that uh, part of it that you saw that you were most excited about? I mean, the, I think just the the tenderness or the sweetness of Gizmo. I was really excited to sort of see and play that out because he's got such a soft cute side and that was you know, that was one of the things in the auditions of him being snuggly or him being sweet and, and comforting uh, that was really fun and cute uh so i don't know why but that was something i gravitated towards and um and also his kind of sassiness he's got a bit of attitude and doesn't really you know he, he knows what he's doing he's for as far as i'm aware an adult you know mogwai so he's got his own opinions and so little moments where he gets back you know like can be cranky or or talk back as it was really exciting and fun 
considering he doesn't necessarily speak a direct language, if you will. Um, yeah. Were there other inspirations from the animal kingdom you may have taken from uh, in no. providing some of those elements? Oh, okay. Well, that was quick. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I mean, we did. There were all the scripts are written in English, so it's like Chewbacca, where you see, you know, Peter Mayhew being like, "Look at this old gazer," you know. But it's it's instead of me saying it on set or whatever, it's I would see the English and then we'd sort of discuss like, okay, how close do you want this to feel? And I would basically do my own version of it in. Um, sort of gibberish or mogwai where if he was like you know i don't want to go there i'd be like you know there's some sort of it feels similar but if you don't know the english words you don't really know what it is um so it's kind of like sanding down uh the text in a way uh, last question uh given that this is releasing during aapi uh month um, were there certain elements from the scripts in the story that were educational for you and, and more along the lines of Chinese culture? Um, I, a lot of the lore, uh, there, you'll see some stuff in the show that's very, um, so many of the monsters and stuff I think are very unfamiliar creatures to, you know, us American folk where, and it's refreshing to see things I've never seen before. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's not this monster it's their own thing that's new and they found a way to make it sort of modern and and, and uh incorporated into the story in the same way that like any story with monsters like we've seen a thousand stories of dragons and stuff like that or dragons is probably not the best example <laughs> considering their history with dragons but you know what i'm saying where it's like yetis or whatever it is i don't know uh what's an american monster um sasquatch but, Sasquatch, sure. But uh, there's so much of that that I was unfamiliar with. And so getting to learn about that and uh, was really exciting and interesting and uh, something that feels like it should have happened long ago. So it's cool to sort of walk through a fantasy world that's not Tolkien, but similar vibe, but with Chinese uh, lore. Well, I can definitely tell you as a person who has the original movie committed to memory and I myself... <laughs> threw out my voice a few times trying to mumble like gizmo just to say that I loved Billy. Uh, I want to, <laughs> I'd like to tell you that you you pay you you definitely gave uh, gave a great performance that oh, was very uh, worthy of the original and if not exceeding in in many areas. So thank you for oh, bringing you so that much. character and voice to to Gizmo because you know he's a character that's beloved by some and this series will be a gateway for my daughter into the Gremlins world before I dare go into the actual movies with her. That's crazy. Well, thank you so much, dude. Yeah, it's it's very surreal and an honor and and you know, as a kid who grew up with gremlins, it's really weird. Uh, you know, I say surreal and I say honor, but really what I mean is it's it's bizarre. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, okay, you sure? Um, yeah, thank you so much, dude. My pleasure. Hey, man, let me just jump in here for a sec to remind you, jayandsilentbob.com, ladies and gentlemen. You want to buy anything Clerks-related, anything Jay and Silent Bob-related, anything Kevin Smith-related, go to jayandsilentbob.com. Dot com. Now back to the show. First of all, I just have to say thank you very much. I'm very honored to be speaking with you today because I am amazed when I reflect back on all of my entertainment ingesting, just how many different elements uh, you have been present in. So, uh, wow. Honored to speak to you. Well, Thanks. I mean, think about it from Father of the Bride to SVU to uh, Mr. Robot, et cetera, et cetera. It's and, and such a wide breadth of experience there is amazing. But 
that's not what we're here to talk about today. Um, I just have to ask, first and foremost, uh, what are your earliest memories of Gremlins? Oh, uh, they are, um, you know, I, well, I think I've never seen anything that was cute and scary and cute and, uh, you know, threatening and dark and cute. And the, this, the, this, this, comb- this magical combination of, of, of qualities is very unique to Gremlins, I think, and kind of sets the tone for anything that comes, that came after it, that, uh, uh, you know, the filmmakers or the, the writers allowed themselves to kind of, to kind of cross things, you know, together. You know, usually these territories are very separate or had been. And, and, and so, um, that was a that's a was part of a new trend, I think, of 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 making things um, much more interesting by by um, combining these two things and much more disarming and all of that. So I remember that, and I remember, and of of course, it had this Spielberg, you know, kind of stamp on it. And I remember uh, those are the things that I remember. I'd be being delighted by it and thinking, God, what a hoot! But also. That's like to be taken seriously at the same time. Um, I don't think I can think of anything that's quite like it, actually. And uh, what drew you to the particular role in this new project, Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai? Well, I'm one of those people that at the time, I will tell you at the time when Gremlins first came out, I was one of those people. I was starting to become a, a young actor and I had great aspirations and a great aspiration for the industry to be more diverse and have better representation for my people, including my, my identity as an Asian American. And so kind of this, there's a kind of a full circle feeling of this origin story and this prequel of Gremlins to be really Chinese and for it to be really Chinese in the most organic way to explain this mysterious character through their background in Shanghai in the twenties. And it's it it complete makes complete sense. It's not a forced issue at all, and yet it's very organic to the story, and allows for a whole community of actors to represent themselves and to uh, tell their own story, as it were, or tell you know an Asian themed story. And I think that's very valuable. I think it's very valuable because it's also geared towards kids, and so it's there's an intergenerational viewing of this that is a great opportunity for. For families, and and that's when we are able to uh, reach people about representation, and 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 for them to understand, and for for people to actually see themselves. Of course, that's what representation is really all about. So all of this stuff is like win, 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 win for me. Um, the character itself, I I have I always like to kind of do something that's somewhere not somehow not something I've done before, and so I haven't really done a character like like this particularly, kind of um like a person who's um, kind of gets dragged into a whole bunch of kind of stressful situations and really is in over their head a little bit and and kind of is part of, uh, you know, the co-parenting team for this kid and the, the mom and the kid are, are rather a little bit more adventurous, a little bit more um, bolder than he is, but he's kind of wants to be the voice of reason and he's not, he's never wrong about the danger or the, the, um, the what, what's in store, what could be in store. And so that dynamic is fun for me. I like that. Um, and also working with the actors. The actors, it's a community of actors. I know them very well. I'm very fond of them. James Hong was an incredible role model for all of us. 
um, with a real, real legacy and a real career to be envied. And, and so um, there's something kind of uh, family feeling about it. What was it you felt was important to bring to to Sam's father's character, Han Wing? What was it that, uh, in your own experiences, you sort of brought into the role? Well, I, the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, uh, he is the husband of a strong woman. And I think that's very wonderfully written and wonderfully presented and a great opportunity for a, 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 kind, a particular kind of relationship. And the, the, he, he never, he would, he's never in, of the mindset that his wife should not be strong or that her strength is an, a liability to her. It is, a, in fact, a, a very positive asset. And so he celebrates that part of her. And at the same time, he's terrified of it, I think. And I think that's actually modern and three-dimensional and interesting and, um, and uh, not, not uh, you know, shallow. Um, considering this is coming out during API Heritage Month, what do you think are some of the important cultural lessons that can be learned from the series? Oh, great. Well, specifically, it's, it's really, well, really quite well-researched. It's, it's got in it the folklore and mythology of 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 long past you know ancient chinese that our grandparents passed on down to us i have a a statue of of um guanggong in my in my entryway guanggong if you buy a statue of guanggong it's supposed to guard your front door so i have one of those and and there are a lot of characters that are real you know characters so from um or, uh, I don't know what you enlightening standpoint. You can learn a little bit about some of these real cult, Chinese cultural icons that are in it. But I think more more than that, it's an it's an intergenerational. It's like a real family project, and it's part of that trend, which is a great trend now that we have we're in this we're in this deep in popular culture where um, generations of us grew up on something and want to pass it on to our kids. And but before you actually pass gremlins onto your kids, perhaps you would sit down and watch Legend of the Walk Why, because you know it's a great gateway to gremlins. And um so that's what I think is really the valuable kind of um AAPI kind of thing is that there's a well there's there's representation in it. And if you're if you are an Asian American family, then you can sit down and, and, and you can see yourself on the screen. And that's kind of really cool. And that is certainly something that I didn't experience when I was a kid uh, very much at all. So for that to be in existence is, is powerful to me. And so those two things together, I'd say, were, were really, really positive aspects and make it well worth the reason that this, the, the show might be airing in, uh, in during, during the month of May. Well, the, the the original Gremlins that came out during my very, I think the, the appropriate term is formative years, not to say a long time uh -huh, ago when yes. I was a kid. I have an eight-year-old, and so I've been unsure about the original Gremlins series. However, uh, this will be our starting point for it. So Exactly. I'll it's fantastic. I'll be sharing Gremlins with her that way, and then we'll go on from there. I kind of wish, well, there is kind of animated Jurassic um, content. But this, the, the, I, to me, I see it kind of the same way because the, the first Jurassic Park is a pretty intense movie, mm -hmm. and so is so are the Gremlins movies. So anything that can kind of like 
it's not, it's, it's, you know, it's well thought on the producer's part, you know, to get, to bring people into the, into the, into the fold. And um, I love it. I think that, I do think that these kids will remember it and then pass it on to their kids later on. Exactly. That has been my daughter's gateway because there are the Netflix yeah. originals, but we're not here to yes, talk about yeah. them. Um, what's the one thing in this performance, like maybe wasn't necessarily something strong on paper, but you were surprised when you saw, uh, what's one part of the performance that you're, you're really looking forward people to seeing? I think that this particular character is a kind of character that I love to see. And I think other people love to see this character who is like, oh no, does that, does, is that my, am I the only one that's freaking out here? Because everyone seems to be so serious and like great and always, everyone's gung-ho on this crazy thing that we're about to do. I'm not so keen on it. And so this is like one person kind of raising their hand. And then, you know, the reason why they're, they're, we take delight in them because they're right. They're totally right. And they kind of represent us in a certain way as we're watching it, if it's dangerous or whatever. And I, I love that character. And I and I have I haven't played that character or that particular, you know, played that particular function in a in a project. And so I, I like I always try to find the thing that makes it unique for me. And for me, it is that. It's like, oh, I'm the guy who is always going, no, um, but wait, and oh, no, here I am. I've got, you know, like pyrotechnics or craziness all around me, and I'm participating in it, and how did I get here, and why did you drag me into this? And, and then afterwards, we're really proud of ourselves. It's just great. I like that. Well, thank you very much for your time. I can't wait to see the full series. And, and again, honor to speak with you today. Sir. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. Thanks, and hello to everybody. Thank you so much. Really appreciate everybody out there and their support. Well, look who called in the cavalry. Um, Ming-Na Wen, I, first of all, honored and humbled to be speaking to you today. Uh, but also, I just have to ask, uh, given your uh, resume, uh, is there just no, are, will you not be stopped until you achieve a presence in every single sci-fi and fantasy product? That is a good goal to have. Yes, um, I have been so fortunate. And by the way, hi, Will. Um, I, I am one of the luckiest nerd girls out there um just living this amazing you know like fantasy of my childhood like dreams that you know I, I used to remember being in my bedroom and pretending that i was like um the uh, female version of Han Solo, and now I'm Fennec Shand, uh, which I, I I use a lot of those uh, rogue kind of qualities for her. Um, and I don't know, I just, uh, yeah, maybe. How many more franchises are there? You There's know what? They keep building universes out of projects, so I think the sky is the limit still. Yeah, yeah. I, I will keep on keeping on. Excellent. Um, what was it that drew you to this particular project? Well, I have uh, loved the film when it first came out. I think I was a college student and, uh, you know, just massive fan of Steven Spielberg and anything that had his name on it, I would go see. Um, and I actually, you know, now that I've been talking more about it, I remember going to see the movie but because it was titled Gremlins, I didn't realize that it was about the Chinese, you know, um, folklore of these mythical characters called Mogwais. And uh, the, these are things that, you know, I've grown up with, these stories. So that was fascinating to me. 
and uh, and and then the shock value of it being such a dark comedy, which Steven Spielberg is so good at doing. And um, yeah, so I've been a massive fan. And now how wonderful that they're taking it and giving Mr. Wing his own origin story. Speaking as such, uh, based on your experience with the past movies, even though this is getting into a part of the story we've never seen, uh, what were some of the kind of the important elements for you in playing the character of, of Mr. Wing's mother? It's, you know, they could go, it could have gone both ways because it's Shanghai in the 1920s. And uh, you would think that women would have a more, you know, uh, subordinate role, like just being the housewife or or um, doing menial tasks. But the fact that they made her be equal to her husband, Bong Wing is intelligent. She um, has mastered Chinese medicine. And so she's extremely knowledgeable about um, these things that could turn into magical potions. And uh, um, I just love that she is, you know, sort of like me. I mean, I'm a mom. I know that I need to protect my kids. Um, I know that, uh, um, you know, I could be a bit uh, bossy when it comes to my husband. <laughs> but, uh, but ultimately, you know, there's love there, you know, and I've been taking care of my mom the last two months. And so sometimes the child becomes the parent of their parent. So that's how she treats grandpa. So if all those all those elements that are in my personal life, it was really easy to put into to Fong. Now, uh, obviously, aside from action sequences being a lot easier, what are some of the things that you enjoy about uh, vocal acting versus physical before camera acting? Oh, everything, everything. Like one of the things that I always say I'm most jealous of um, career wise are the actors from The Simpsons, you know, because uh, they they have a gig that lasts two decades, over two decades. And uh, with voice acting, you don't have to worry about how you look. You don't have to worry about if you're feeling bloated that day. You don't have to worry about wearing heels that are going to hurt. And and it's very creative. You go into a room and it's just you and your voice. And you can be as big or as little as maniacal, you know, depending on what characters you play, you could do extremes with your voice. And it's so freeing as an actor to just be able to um, lay down a track of like, let's say a particular line and you do it three different ways. It's almost like a great acting exercise, you know, and uh, and you could kind of manipulate and alter your voice based on uh, whatever you're feeling at that moment. Well, I know you're no stranger to to vocal acting, especially considering one of your performances is what helped you achieve the status of being a Disney legend. Uh, But I'm just curious, what are also in your mind the particular challenges of voice acting, considering you do travel between both worlds? You have to, for voice acting, you really have to trust the director because he's hearing all the voices and all the lines of the other characters. You don't get to play off of anyone. And I think what I loved about doing Gremlins um, Secrets of Mogwai is that I am with actors that I have worked with for over two decades. You know, I have people like B.D. Wong and James Hong, and it's such a lovely little family reunion in and of itself. Um, 
I can hear their voices a lot of times when I'm working. I know the rhythm and it really helps, you know, and I think it helped Z. Z Chung was um, the director and the writer and producer of uh, this project. Um, there's just an easy natural flow to to uh, creating Fong and being able to play in it. What's one of the uh, elements of this particular performance that you're that you're really looking forward to people seeing and experiencing when they watch uh, the series? Um, the humor, you know, as because that was what was so great about Gremlins. Um, it wasn't just a, a monster movie. There there were a lot of um, great characters, you know, and it was funny and shocking. Um, and, uh, and, and that, that was something that was important. Um, in fact, when I was watching some of the episodes, what didn't seem to pop out on, on the page really did in the animation, you know, because it was, there was a lot of physical comedy and, uh, um, that it took me by surprise. Like I would literally laughed out loud at a couple of places. And I also jumped out of my skin, um, at some other places. So I'm hoping that people that are going to watch it, families, especially, will experience the same uh, roller coaster ride that I did. Well, I'm really and looking forward to the script. So, there you go. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to experiencing this as well with my 8-year-old uh who has not entered into the Gremlins universe yet because some of that kind of a darker comedy and some of the elements I'm not sure well Given the world we live in, I think she's desensitized enough. However, I'm going to be using this series as kind of a gateway into the subsequent films as well. So really, thank you very much for your involvement on this project. I greatly appreciate That's cool. it. So she's going to experience it opposite from what we experience. You're going to have her watch the animation first and then experience the film, which, by the way, holds up so well. It yeah. still shocked my kids when I, I, I had them watch it. Definitely. So. Definitely. As a matter of fact, I was I, I also have a 19 year old who was thoroughly confused me once when she said she wanted to see the movie, you know, with the things in the attic. And she was talking about the original Gremlins threw me for a little like you remember that one element. That's the thing wow. you took away from it. Wow. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your time. I've gone through my questions and uh, let me just also wrap up by telling you how much I appreciated the 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 character uh, that you performed on on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was a series that uh, still is is near and dear to my heart, uh, not just because of the content, but also uh, I previously worked with Jed Whedon as well. So. Uh, yeah. I, I track that show a lot, and I really think you guys brought a lot of great and amazing storylines to the Marvel Universe that I hope they do continue to develop sometime in the future. I, I, I hope so, too, Will. I miss being Agent May. You know, when you give birth to a character like that, it, uh, it's, it's tough. It's like missing one of your kids, you know, and, and I do miss her spirit. So I very much hope that uh, she gets a chance to be uh, revived somewhere and please send my love to kevin will yeah. do there we go folks interviews are all done all of the wonderful people involved in this show wasn't bd wong fun aj was fun even z was fun uh, one of the things i don't that i, I loved is that he, he complimented me not once but twice on the backdrop here, which made me feel really good because uh, this is just a corner of an office or room in my house that I've tried to make a very curated view look as interesting and as fun as I could. So that was nice, especially when it's somebody that is the showrunner of something. So he's very attuned 
to the visual style of things. So I guess I'm doing something right, right? Uh, so uh, and 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 BD Wong was just great. It, you don't see it in the interview, but uh, unfortunately we got cut off midway and then had to recover. So so that was interesting. AJ was just fun, and I love the fact that he did his interview from his recording booth, like his whisper room in his home. One of the things that I thought I always wanted until I realized how like small they are and probably how warm they get because you don't get to run air in them. Uh, but uh, he was a great talk as well, which, you know, I was just looking forward to because I don't understand how anyone can do what he does. Even Brent brought it up in the interview where he talked about how like singing was the biggest challenge. And I'm not surprised because I did go back and I think there was a little processing on Gizmo in the movies when he's doing his lullaby and, and AJ pulled it off. So hats off to him. And wasn't Ming-Na Wen just charming? Oh my gosh. Just amazing. So uh, definitely a highlight for me. Just as much it is as a highlight to watch Gremlin's Secrets of the Mogwai, a Max original, available now, almost all episodes streaming. You need to binge it now to be able to watch it and enjoy it when it happens either next week or the week after. Anyway, guys, I don't want to pedant any longer. I don't want to go on any longer. It's time to wrap this up. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, my name is Will, and I'll be back soon. This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins signing off. I know, right? But stop being a little Nancy and deal with it. NetHeads. 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 We'll be back soon. Goodbye. This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com.